0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the How to Make Maple Syrup podcast. I'm glad you've stuck around to listen to these episodes. Today, we are going to be talking about how to perfect the finishing boil. This is really the key part to finishing up your maple syrup, and so I hope you enjoy it. We're gonna go into all the specifics of how to make sure you have actual, real maple syrup because it can be a little bit tricky at the end. So we'll get into that now. Cue the intro music. Okay, so you finished boiling all of your sap down outside. Let's say you started with an initial five gallons of sap and you've boiled it down to about an inch and a half or so in the bottom of your boiling pot. And now you're ready to bring that sap in, that syrup. It's hard to know what it is right now because it's about halfway between sap and syrup inside and you're going to finish that boiling on the stove now this can be a little bit tricky and so we're going to go into a lot of the details on the specific steps to make sure that you end up with real maple syrup that's not been overboiled or underboiled. we'll talk about how you determine that the first step that i recommend is once you're bringing that sap in from your outdoor boiling rig is that you want to filter it so take that large pot, pour the sap into a smaller pot that you're going to fit on your stove. I like to use a 5 quart pot that I put on my stove, but filter that through a mesh filter. These types of filters are often called non-woven filter cones. Some people use cheesecloth. What you want to do is just remove all the all of the debris that has fallen into the sap or into your boiling pot while you've been doing the boiling, and also remove some of that foam we talked about in the previous episode, you want to just get that out of the sap and the syrup if possible. So you're going to filter that through that non-woven filter cone into your boiling pot that you're going to put on your stove. So once you have that on your stove, at this point you're down to, you know, maybe a half a gallon or so, maybe a gallon of syrup, sap, whatever you want to call it and you're gonna go ahead and continue boiling that down. So oftentimes, if I have time, I'll go ahead and just take the the hot sap, filter it, put it on the stove and start boiling it again right away before it has a chance to cool down. That works great. If you don't have time, you can go ahead and I recommend filtering it while it's still hot, but you can put that in that pot and then maybe put it in the refrigerator if you wanna finish it up the next day or something like that, no problem there. You can definitely do that, but I I would keep it uh, refrigerated at that point. Okay, so you've got it on your stove, and you're going to start boiling that again. Now, one thing that's kind of key about maple syrup is that it boils at a higher temperature than water. So we all know that water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Maple syrup is is going to boil at a temperature of 219 degrees fahrenheit so hotter about seven degrees hotter and again that does depend a bit on your elevation so you might want to double check the actual boiling point in your area you're going to want to be about seven degrees hotter than the temperature at which water boils for your area so keep that in mind i recommend using something like a candy thermometer just keep that in the syrup while you're boiling. Again, regulate that temperature properly so it's not boiling over. You have to keep an eye on that a little bit, but once you establish kind of a nice rolling boil, you'll be all set. You can let that just boil for a while. It'll probably take about another half an hour, 45 minutes maybe, depending on what point you stopped boiling on your outdoor burner. Just go ahead and keep boiling that and keep an eye on the temperature. Another thing that I recommend you do is when the syrup reaches a temperature of 215 degrees Fahrenheit, So again, you're not to maple syrup yet. You're not at that 219, but go ahead and filter that syrup again. So run it through a mesh filter from one pot to the next. Again, you're trying to remove some of that debris. This can also help remove some of that what they call sugar sand. I've also heard it called niter. But anyway, I I like to call it sugar sand. It doesn't actually taste like sugar, by the way. Anyway, you want to filter that out as much as possible. And doing these multiple filtering steps can help you with that along the way. So again, use that non-woven mesh filter to get that um, sugar sand out of your syrup. And then continue to boil more. So you're going to keep boiling until you start to reach really close to 219 degrees Fahrenheit. Once you've reached 219, that's the point at which the syrup has changed from sap into technically being maple syrup. The technical point at which that happens is when you are at 66% sugar content or 66% bricks is the unit that's used, bricks. That's how you can know, and it's typically right at around 219 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, if you're less than that sugar content, Sorry, you're technically not maple syrup. Is it a problem? No, you can use it that way. You'll just find that your syrup is a little bit more runny, more watery than actual maple syrup. If you want to try to get as exact as possible, I recommend using a refractometer. Now I have a lot of information about this on the website. You can find that on practicalmechanic.com maple syrup. Just look at how to perfect the finishing boil. And when people hear the word refractometer, for some reason they kind of get scared off. I don't know why. If it sounds scientific, if it sounds expensive, I'm not sure. You can pick up a refractometer for about $20 these days. They're really not that expensive. And it totally changed my maple syrup making process. Once I had this, it suddenly took all of the guesswork out of making maple syrup. So if you're on the fence, I highly recommend you get one of these devices. They're super easy to use and they tell you exactly what the sugar content of your syrup is. So how do you use one of those? If you decide to get one, this is how you do that. You take a few drips of your syrup and you drip them onto the slide. You close the window, so you smash syrup in between two slides and then you look in the viewfinder. There's a blue line and wherever that blue line lands, you directly read off the percent sugar content of your syrup. Once it reaches 66%, then you're done. Stop boiling and you're ready to bottle the syrup at that point. The other method that's commonly used is using a hydrometer. The hydrometer is a device where you fill up a cup with four or five ounces of syrup, and then you put the hydrometer in that cup, and at which point it floats, it looks kind of like a thermometer floating in your syrup, and that measures the density and from that you can determine what the sugar content is. That's another good way to do it. The reason I don't do that is because you need to pour out about four or five ounces of your syrup in order to run this test. I gotta dump it back in, get it boiling again. And so it just takes a little bit of time. The other thing is that this hydrometer is made of glass and it's got a glass bulb with some chemicals in there. So it can break. Uh, If you're careful, it's not a problem. Don't worry about it. I recommend the refractometer. The cost of both is going to be pretty similar between a hydrometer or a refractometer. I just find the refractometer easier to use. So now you're reaching this 219 degrees. You've put a few drips of the sap of the syrup on your refractometer and you've read off. Yep. I'm at 60. Let's say you're at 65%, you know, boil a little bit longer, take another reading. Okay. Once you're at 66%, you want to stop boiling. You don't want to go much beyond that. And the reason for that is because your syrup will begin to crystallize. So it will crystallize in the jars or the bottles that you're keeping it in and turn into like rock candy if you go if you go much beyond 66% and I've done that you can check the article on performing the finishing boil if you want to see what that looks like but I overboiled some of my syrup one time and the whole jar started to fill up with what looked like rock candy it was really hard to get that out so again once it reaches that 66% or 219 degrees fahrenheit you want to stop boiling This part is very important. We wanna do one last filtering step before you bottle the syrup. It's important that you allow the syrup to cool a little bit, but not too much. Why is that? If you filter that sap when it's really hot, when it's still 219, not all of the chemical processes have finished occurring and you can still end up with sugar sand in your final product. So allow the syrup to cool down to 190 degrees Fahrenheit. So again, keep that candy thermometer in there and turn off the burner, let it cool, and once it's reached 190 degrees Fahrenheit that chemical processing is done. And so you're not going to produce any more sugar sand after that point. You're ready to perform the final filtering and filter it into the final canning jars or bottles that you're going to be using. The way that I recommend you do this is, again, let it cool to 190 degrees Fahrenheit. Then have your mesh filter, if you really want pure product, you're going to need to use a synthetic filter. Sometimes this is called an orlon filter. It's a certain type of fabric that filters out all of that final sugar sand, that really fine stuff. If you're okay living with that, it's not poisonous. It's not going to hurt you at all. It doesn't affect the taste that much either. For many years, I did not do the final filtering step of using that synthetic filter. The maple syrup is going to turn out just fine. And so don't worry about that. The only thing you will notice is that you'll have sugar sand in the bottom of your bottles or jars. So, you know, the last eighth inch, quarter inch, you'll just see the sugar sand at the bottom. If you want to get rid of that, if you want the pure uh, maple syrup that looks crystal clear, that looks perfect, kind of a perfectionist, I get it. Then you want to use a synthetic filter, the Orlon filter. I have links to where you can get those on the website, again, Check out practicalmechanic.com slash maple syrup and how to perfect the finishing boil. That's the article you want to read. But what it comes down to is put one of the mesh filters, sometimes you could even put a couple of those inside of that synthetic cone filter. It helps to have a filter stand too, kind of a conical stand to hold these filters. But put those mesh filters inside, and I would usually put about three of the non-woven filters inside of that synthetic filter, and then start pouring that sap through all three filters, and then the synthetic filter at the end. So it's coming through all of those and then into the canning jars or bottles that you're going to be ultimately storing the syrup in. Sometimes it works best to filter the sap into your Pyrex measuring bowl and then pour it from that into the the canning jars. That works too. It's nice if you can go directly into the canning jars or bottles just so you get a nice seal from the cooling down of the syrup. Either way can work So pour it through there. Once that first filter starts to get clogged up from sugar sand, stop pouring, take that one out, set it aside, and then begin pouring again through those remaining two mesh filters and the synthetic filter. And then once that inner one gets clogged again, Take that out, you've still got another mesh filter that you can go through. Make sure you're going through at least one mesh filter before the synthetic filter because that one can get clogged really easily. You really want it to be pretty well filtered by the time it goes through that final synthetic filter. And that will give you clear, really clean looking, (laughs) beautiful, delicious maple syrup. After filtering, and while it's still hot, pour that syrup into the sterilized jars or bottles for your long-term storage and then go ahead and put the canning lids on top of there or if they're in jars put those caps on immediately and at that point you are ready to set those aside and let them cool and let those seals get nice and sealed. So that's the process by which you boil sap and make maple syrup. So real maple syrup, again, I mentioned it's at 66% sugar content. Technically, according to the International Maple Syrup Institute, anywhere between 66 and 68.9% sugar content is considered real, pure maple syrup. So again, you can measure that using your hydrometer or refractometer, and then you'll have a nice, accurate reading for doing that. Okay, so in my case, the last time that I did this, I started out with five gallons of sap, and I ended up somewhere around 20 ounces of pure maple syrup when it was all said and done. <laughs> so that's boiling down the sap. That's any losses you have in things like filters or uh, the remaining syrup that's stuck to the inside of the pot, that kind of thing. So, of course, that's that's a ratio of 32 to 1. And this depends on a number of factors, including the sugar content of your trees, which we talked about in an earlier episode, how efficiently you can use those filters, and that kind of thing. A few words on the grades of maple syrup. lighter syrup tends to come from the first sap that's harvested and the color darkens as the season progresses. So if you're the type that you're just gonna collect all of your syrup over the course of the entire season, then it's all just going to mix together and you're gonna you're gonna end up with sort of a, a medium colored, Uh, syrup. But if you boil multiple times throughout the season, maybe you boil a couple times a week over that three, typically three-week period, you're going to notice that the syrup starts out lighter and gets darker. That's perfectly normal. Another thing to mention is that larger batches where the sap is continually added to the evaporator, the boiling vessel, will be darker in color. So the longer you boil, the darker the sap is going to get. That kind of makes sense. The technical term for that is the Maillard reaction that's taking place inside. If you want to get really technical, you can look that up. M-A-I-L-L-A-R-D reaction. And that's this process of almost like caramelization where it's taking that sap and through the process of boiling, it's turning brown. It's actually darkening. So that's really the long and short of it. So at that point, you have made your maple syrup. And once it's cooled down in those sealed jars or bottles, you are ready to give that away or enjoy it. You can definitely eat that maple syrup when it's fresh. And honestly, I love the taste of it when it's fresh. After it's, it will keep for a very long period of time, definitely. But I really like the taste of it when it's nice and fresh. And when we've boiled that maple syrup and we eat it the next day on pancakes or something, there's really, there's really nothing like that fresh maple syrup. Having said that, it does keep for a long time. I have maple syrup that's two or three years old. And if, as long as it's been canned, sealed properly... It's perfectly safe to eat that, and it, it still tastes great, but there's nothing that quite compares to that fresh maple syrup. Well, we are joined now by Rachel, and I understand, Rachel, that you're going to be asking me a few questions. Is that true?
1: Yes, yes, that is what you have been told and what I have been asked to do.
0: Okay, well, let's go ahead. What's the first question?
1: Well, I've always wondered, what's your favorite memory with making maple syrup?
0: Okay, well, I have a pretty good one, and it's from a couple of winters back. It was one time we were going down to the sugar bush where we collect the sap, and we were all cross-country skiing down there. So we skied down, and it's about maybe an eighth of a mile. Anyway, we skied down and we had collected the sap and we were collecting it in milk jugs and so we were hauling those back and it was a good day for collecting sap and we'd gotten 10 gallons that day and so we were all trying to carry that back each of us had about two gallons and then we came back and we stored that on the shady side of the house in the in the snow
1: So, another thing I wanted to ask is, what do you like to put your maple syrup on? Like, I said what I like to, but what do you like? I mean, maybe it's different than mine, but...
0: You know, I like French toast a lot, but to be honest, my favorite is waffles. I just love waffles with the deep pockets.
1: What about pancakes? Do you like pancakes? Oh,
0: I love pancakes. I love pancakes, too. For
1: me, the hard thing about pancakes is that the syrup kind of runs off. Yeah. The nice thing about waffles is, like I said, the pockets. They're the pockets. there to hold it in. Genius. I but mean, we're not here to talk about waffles.
0: So, that concludes this series on the How to Make Maple Syrup podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you've learned a lot. And um, I hope that it has been helpful to you because this is a lot of the. Th- the stuff, and I tried to include a lot of the details that I've learned over the years harvesting maple sap and boiling maple syrup. I tried to include a lot of those tips and tricks. If there's anything in here that you'd like more explanation on, I've got this in written form as well on the website, practicalmechanic.com maple syrup. All that information is there, as well as the one-page cheat sheet. That includes a lot of the details all summarized onto one convenience sheet just to have with you while you are performing the different steps in harvesting and boiling your maple syrup. That's a free download. That's a PDF form. So be sure to pick that up. I'll try to include a link to that in the show notes. But I want to thank you for joining us. It's been great. Really appreciate it. And I hope you found this helpful. Happy boiling. Thank you, everyone. Bye.
1: Okay, just let me do it. Okay. If you want to leave a review, please leave it at iTunes. And just know that it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for watching. Well, listening. <laughs> and we'll see you next time.